Hello, and welcome to Start By Listening, the podcast about sexual harm. We are centered on educating and empowering our Western Kentucky communities. Our goal is to transform the way we talk about sexual harm. Transformation begins by listening to understand. We talk so you can listen today and change the world tomorrow. Well, I am so excited to be here with everyone. If you can hear my country twang, it is live and loud today. And I'm so glad that our listeners are here to listen on our podcast, Start By Listening. And I have the pleasure of having my co-host today being one of my amazing co-workers, Marcy Voris. And she is here because she's going to tag team with me and we're going to talk about feelings. I know everybody just gasped and put their hands to their chest of, oh my goodness, no, we're not going to do that. Yes, we are. We're going to talk about feelings today. And um, you guys, big warm welcome from Marcy. And Marcy, um, why don't you just introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell us a little bit about who you are. I really appreciate you having me today, Jennifer. Um, So I am Marcy Boris. I am a therapist with New Beginnings. I have had the pleasure of being at New Beginnings for almost two years. It has gone by really fast. Yes. Um, It is a wonderful, awesome place. Um, So um, I um, am, like I said, I'm the therapist and one of the therapists there for Davis County and McLean and Hancock counties. Um, Outside of work, I am married and have two beautiful girls. One is a senior this year, so lots of feelings there. Oh, yeah. And uh, my other one is in sixth grade, so a lot of distance between the girls, but Mm -hmm. they keep me busy. Um, Otherwise, um, huge Tennessee Titans fan. So you will find me on weekends watching football. Kind of awesome. my schedule around it. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just excited to be here and to talk about the fun topic of feelings. Awesome. So Marcy, when, when I sent out the email um, to ask <laughs> for co-hosts, what did you think about the topic of feelings in general? What was your first like gut reaction? Well, I, out of the other topics, I thought I can handle feelings um, <laughs> as, you know, I mean, as we get older and as we have more insight to our own selves, as well as those of us that are fortunate enough to be therapists and can go along with them, with others on their journeys. Um, it seems like I've got a lot of lessons I've learned on feelings, mm-hmm. especially in the last several years. And so I felt like it was a topic that was um, relevant and could be tackled. Some of the other ones I was like, oh, I just don't know if I know enough about it. <laughs> You know, when I was coming up for um, the 
the season lineup and I was thinking about how I wanted this season to go and you know because Terry wasn't going to be my partner in crime anymore because you know she moved on to an amazing new job with Brescia University here in Kentucky um, I was just like I wanted to tackle some really difficult things because even you know being a social worker for over 20 years being a therapist for like six years now sometimes just understanding what the heck feelings are and trying to name them is infuriating for me. Do you ever get that feeling? Yes. <laughs> um, and then when you throw in those dreaded words that I tell people is a bad word, which would be I should or I'm supposed to. Mm. But when you throw those words in there with feelings, it makes it so much more complicated. Oh, girl, you speak in my language. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I will never forget, like when um, I first started at New Beginnings, you know, six years ago, basically Becky was like, okay, here's your office and um, here you go. And I'm like, holy shit, how does one be a therapist? Well, you know what I mean? Like, ah, I didn't know what to do. So immediately with my ADHD brain, I began to just Google and look up therapy and therapists. And I'm thinking, I mean, yes, I have a basic understanding because I've worked with thousands of people in 20 years. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, it's important. And the, the word that kept coming up was feelings and feelings and feelings and feelings. And I thought, sometimes I don't even know how I feel. Like, how am I going to teach or expect someone to know? And listen, we had no money back then. We still don't have money. But I went on Google Images and I started looking for feelings cards that I could laminate. And let me tell you, I found all kinds of like animals, monsters, uh, cartoon characters, et cetera, et cetera. And I made my own feelings flip mm -hmm. chart. And to yep. this day, that is still my favorite thing to talk about feelings mm -hmm. in my office with adults and kids. Well, and my favorite thing is using the movie Inside Out um, because <clears throat> I think the important lesson that that movie gave us is you don't need all just one feeling. You know, when that ball memory, you know, um, is saved, you need to have all the aspects of the feelings. Yeah, it might've been happy, but there could have been some sadness or it could have started out that there was some anger or, you know, frustration, whatever. But mm -hmm. I think being able to recognize that it doesn't have to be one dimensional is yeah. super important. So I always go back to um, Inside Out and plus I just love Disney and the characters. So Yeah, I actually I found a really cool Inside Out character chart that has like not just like joy but like other levels of joy in different mm -hmm. words to describe and what's really I love is when I'm working with adults and you know I think every human being is an avoider and an avoider of feelings and I'll say well why don't you grab that feelings flip chart there next to you and let's just kind of flip through and I've got about 20 different things on there and it's hilarious because some of the adults will look at me and go this is for kids and I was like but is it? 
Yeah. <laughs> so they just look at me. Um, and, you know, I like to start off with just basic emotions for kids and adults, like happy, mad, sad, scared. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I start and just begin using those words, getting people to talk about them. How do you, in the work that you do, how do you begin to broach that topic of feelings with your clients, especially if you got some avoiders? So one of the things I like to do with both adults and kids is to break down a certain set of emotions in their daily. So, you know, not all my adults are on board with coloring, but, you know, the kids especially will be into color code about five or six emotions. So the same ones you mentioned, plus I usually throw in there um, nervous and I also do excited um, Mm -hmm. just to give like this extra level of happy. And what, what is always so interesting, even the people that are super avoidant about doing this activity, there is such a variety of colors on there on the chart that they make so then what I do with that is then we take each color and I'm like okay tell me tell me times that you felt this so we go through each of the colors and each of those emotions what are times that you felt like this and then to take it a step further which I know we're going to talk about next time then we start listing coping skills for each each emotion that are um would be good to use because not all coping skills are going to work for all emotions. So, Ooh, but that's, I like that. I'm going to, can I write that down? I'm going to steal that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but that's one of the, the, the first things that I do, you know, um, I'm one of the, ther- one of the therapists that are like, I don't want to reinvent stuff. So I use technology a lot, um, especially now that we've done telehealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of people on telehealth. So, you know, YouTube videos that can explain some more about emotions that I've used. Um, then just asking, and this is more of an adult question than a kiddo question is, you know, why is it you don't want to feel? And then just to kind of gauge what it is that they're not what the barrier is. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I've also worked in the recovery and substance abuse world um, as part of my previous experience. And one of the things that was always said in that world was when you get in recovery, you get your feelings back. The good thing is you get the feelings back. The bad thing is you get your feelings back. So I think that all of us probably at some point in time have learned ways to avoid mm-hmm. our feelings. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to experience them as just this feeling that's passing through and not having to take ourselves to deep, dark places with them. So I think that's where you know, and it's not easy. And there are times I'm gonna be honest, I still am like, I don't want to feel this. This, this sucks. 
Yeah, I was watching a TikTok video or reading something, you know, I get everything so con- confused because I, I look at so many different areas when I like to learn, but it's like the average amount of time that your body can experience a feeling it's about 90 seconds. And mm-hmm. so if you breathe into it, lean into it, whatever, and just tell yourself 90 seconds and it will eventually pass. But we also know in the work we do that a lot of people get stuck in their feelings or perhaps stuck in avoiding certain feelings as well. Um, You know, one of the least favorite feelings for me that I still to this day, I have to really work hard not to avoid is anger. Like that feeling, my nervous system does not like it. My body does not like it. My brain does not like it. And, um, you know, that's because as a kid, you know, I learned pretty early that it's not okay to be angry. Mm -hmm. So I have to fight that. And I think that a lot of us have to fight that because, you know, whatever it is in our childhood and the emotions that did not feel safe for us we kind of hold on to um for me it's grief and sadness you know and to actually have to sit with grief and to feel those things instead of just bulldozing or thinking through it um is a challenge um and and it's hard because you don't want to feel sad you don't want to feel uncomfortable but I find it interesting that when I allow myself to sit through it instead of ignoring it, mm-hmm. it actually goes away a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because your brain, this wonderful brain we have is just so interesting, but your brain's going to offer you thoughts of, you know, you should do this so you don't have to feel it because your brain's trying to keep you safe. So then, you know, with the feelings, then we have our brain telling us, you know, these coping skills that may not have been healthy um, before using drugs, alcohol, you know, uh, food, any of that. It's like, ooh, let me offer these up to make you feel safe. And then you don't have to feel this pain mm-hmm. when, in fact, if we just allow that feeling to sit with us nine times out of 10, it's going to be a whole lot less. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, while you were saying that, I had this memory pop into my head. Um, You know, my therapist, she says, my God, you are the best client I've ever had that can do sad. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do sad all day long. Like, give me a a movie. I'll cry. Give me a, a beautiful conversation that touches me in the store and I'll cry. I mean, I will do sad all day long. No problems. And um I remember I started at the end of 2016 at New Beginnings. And in January of 2017, my dog died. And it was New Year's Day or the day after that she died. And I remember saying to myself, this is a really tough thing because she'd been with me for 16 and a half years and through a huge, huge monumental time of my life in my 20s and my 30s. And I remember 
thinking, I didn't want to deal with this. I didn't want to feel that sadness. Um, and that was before I went to therapy um, uh, when my dog died. I went to therapy like in April after I did my EMDR training. I was like, oh, I need EMDR. Let's do this. But anyway, mm-hmm. I remember sitting there and I had read so many journal articles and had been reading so much in just prepping for doing therapy with clients that I said to myself, okay, you've got to feel it to heal it. And you have got to allow yourself to just get it out of your system. I was like, I had just a little dabble into some Peter Levine stuff with Mm -hmm. his somatic, you know, experiencing therapy. And so I remember I texted Carla and I said, okay, I'm not going to come in the next two days because my dog died. And she was like, wonderful about that. And she's like, you take whatever you need, et cetera. Cause mm-hmm. I don't have children. That dog was my child. Mm-hmm. And I remember I sat on the couch for three days, the day of her death. Cause it was in the afternoon and um, two days after. And I just flipping, just bald, like wailed, yelled, screamed. I mean, I just, whatever needed to come out, came out. And my husband, we had his two dogs still. And Samson, he, he's also passed on since, but he was a border collie. And that dog who did not like me and who I did not like either, it's mutual, but he stuck by my side those mm-hmm. entire three days. He never left my side and I would be okay for you know an hour or two and then I'd be you know and I just kept telling myself complete the cycle complete the cycle just let everything out and um I mean like I swollen shut crying Mm -hmm. and I did that and I remember thinking that is exactly what I needed years now forward looking back I can go oh my god that's what my nervous system needed that's what my body needed and even though it was scary at times I just let nature do what it needed to do inside my body and now today I can tell you and then even after I do feel like I went through the grieving process for her And I can talk about her now and I can laugh and have beautiful memories. And I can also have some sadness because she's not here with me, but it's not as overwhelming as I think it would be had I not really taken that time. And what that showed me and my body and my nervous system is that it is completely okay to take whatever time needed to do those feelings work and to feel it and move it out of you know our bodies um but yeah sadness is one of those feelings especially since um ladybug that was my dog that was her name her death I'm like let's get it going let's do it like I'm gonna get this sadness out of my body uh but anger I'm like I can go angry real easily. So that one was, has been a very familiar go-to. 
to Not avoid me. the sadness. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, um, since I've been, you know, working on my own journey um, as well in learning how to sit with the sadness, um, I think the biggest thing, and you kind of touched on it with what you were saying, the biggest thing is I've learned it's okay that I'm sad mm-hmm. and I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel those feelings and it's not going to be the end of the world for me. And I think that I spent so much time avoiding feeling and especially the sadness that because I was scared, you know, yeah, yeah. that it's not going to be safe and that you're not going to be safe. And it's really eye opening when you can get to the point where you can allow it. And even with some big ones um, and, you know, you allow it and then you realize, Hey, this isn't so bad. It may think in the moment. <laughs> I still don't like it. Like um, I, I, I will say to my husband, I was like, you know, I had a friend pass recently and I have spent a lot of time grieving more than I ever have before. And then I was like, I get, I get a little mad and I'm like, but I don't want to cry. I don't want to be this sad. And he, and he's been around enough that, you know, then he's like, yes, but you need to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> you Funny know, how we train our families. <laughs> I know we do, don't we? But that's so true. It's like, I think there's this feeling of, oh my gosh, if I feel these uncomfortable feelings, I'm going to be overwhelmed and I'm going to get lost in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real feeling of being that overwhelmed. And, you know, in working with clients, what I'll say is we're just going to lean into it. Just think of like the grandfather clock, the pendulum. We're going to swing into the feeling. You're going to acknowledge it. You're going to talk to it. You're going to say, I feel you. I'm going to honor you. And we're going to breathe. And then we're going to move it through. And um, it's funny because clients will come back and they'll say, you know, that stuff really works. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, it it does? Really? Yeah. yeah." (laughs) I like the grandfather clock that you mentioned. I usually say, okay, we're going to dip our toe into the pool. Love it. And, you know, we're just going to kind of let our toe get used to the temperature. So, you know, and that's how, you know, we get into the harder feelings. And if we need to step out because it's too cold right then, then we step out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great analogy too, to use a pool. Um, And I also will talk with clients. And, you know, I give them like, oh gosh, probably three or four pages of different kinds of coping skills. And I'll encourage them. I'll say, you know, use whatever coping skills work for you. And not all of these are going to work, but you might find like five or seven that you really, really like and just use those. Um, And now that, you know, I've learned about the nervous system through the polyvagal theory. I've just really just interwoven that throughout everything I do all the time. And I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this with the work that you do, but I've noticed like in changing the language of 
where do you feel that feeling inside your body? I'll say, how is that feeling landing in your nervous system? And boy, that's opened up like so much more Mm -hmm. like expression instead Mm -hmm. of saying in the body and the nervous system. I don't know if, have you noticed that as well? I have. Um, It's, it allows a lot. I think that we can get it. It allows permission for the client to know that it can be anything, anywhere. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't constrict them. And I think that's what's so important. And with, and you know, you mentioned, you know, the polyvagal work and we've been fortunate that you've trained us some and a little bit that you know and shared your knowledge. But I think being able to go through the polyvagal work with a, a client and that identify, you put those feelings on there too mm-hmm. at each level. Like, okay, when I'm feeling this, I'm probably in dorsal or um, et cetera. So I think that that's phenomenal. And I think that we're learning more and more about trauma um, that um, it's, um, it is in our body. It's stored in our body. It's stored in our nervous system. So incorporating that these feelings are just the tip of the iceberg of oh, what's really yeah. going on. And then being able to take that and put it into a plan to, to heal it. But you're right in what you said earlier, you got to feel it to heal it. Uh, and damn it, that sucks sometimes. Can we just say yep. that? <laughs> Absolutely. And I will say that to my adult clients. <laughs> I'll say, you know, this freaking sucks. So, you yeah. know, or I mean, and I'll just with most of my kiddos, I will say it sucks. It stinks. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no other word for it. And sometimes there are feelings that are really bad and there's no way to make that feel any better. No. And that's, that's really true. Um, Because the traumas that we as human beings experience in our lives, um, sometimes those traumas are just God awful. Um, And some of those, sometimes those traumas, are just a little bit awful. You know, there's like so much level to trauma for individual people based on nervous systems, based on home environment, based on support systems, et cetera, et cetera. But I like to explain, um, and I found um, somewhere on the interwebs, this really cool chart with the basic feelings at the top And then low level, medium level, and then high level intensity of those feelings. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so I like to explain to people, you know, when they first come in, we do the the general, but then I like to grow their vocabulary of feelings words. And then I'll use that intensity. And so I love to see as clients progress, it's not just, I feel mad, I feel sad. It's, I am pissed because blah, 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 blah. Or I am despondent over the loss of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, can we just take this moment to celebrate how much your vocabulary has just grown? 
in this short time together. And they'll say, I didn't really know what feelings were. I bet you hear that all the time too. Mm-hmm. Or because yeah. I'm just used to saying, oh, it's all good. Good. It's good. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. good. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and I'm like, what does that mean? And they'll look at me and you hear little crickets chirping, chirp, 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 chirp. They're like, I don't know. I said, I don't know either. <laughs> politically correct, polite answer. I'm good. I'm fine. You know, I think as society, it seems to be changing now, but especially older generations and somewhat our generation, you know, we were, we were never taught to feel our feelings. So, Mm -mm. you know, being able to give vocabulary to that and the intensity level, which also then goes back to what you were saying about a big T and a little T with trauma, because trauma is what the body experiences, what that nervous system experiences. You could have two people with the exact same type of trauma and one be a big T and one be a little T. Yep. Because it's, it's just that it's to that own experiences and those feelings are what's attached to that experience and what brings the um, level of intensity to it. It's part of that vocabulary to explain the, um, the trauma that's happened. Yes, that is so, so true. And that's a great way to explain that to the listeners. Um, because I think sometimes we kind of get in this space of, well, that happened to me too. And I didn't do that or Mm -hmm. I didn't act that way, or I didn't have those feelings. So why should you? And there's the word should, which is a bad word. It is. And I mean, I think back in my life and how many times people have said, well, that happened to me and I didn't do that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's not your experience. It was mine. Yeah. And there's so much freedom in that, isn't there? In validating that yes. for people. Yes, there's it so is. Much freedom. And to know that your feelings and your experiences are your own and it has nothing to do with anyone else. Mm-mm. And it's just all makes up who you are in your journey. And I think when we start doing the comparing and the shoulds, that's when it brings apart even more fear. And then the ugly feeling shame of, you know, uh, when you're comparing you know, what's wrong with me if they got over it so quickly Mm -hmm. and I'm not. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, it was really interesting. I had um, the opportunity to meet with some just amazing educators in our community and help them begin to profile their nervous systems and look at the classroom through the polyvagal theory lens. And one of the teachers said, Well, you know, I give the kids a list of coping skills and I'm just telling them just to go do them, but it doesn't work. (laughs) You already know where I'm going with this, don't you? (laughs) And um, I said, well, the reason it doesn't really work is because children do not understand how to regulate their feelings or emotions. Let's use the word emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, And she kind of looked at me like, confusled 
And I said, um, so think back to when we were kids. No one helped me regulate my emotions. There mm -hmm. were no classes that I took about feelings. There were no educators who helped me through difficult moments. It was more like I was just on my own. And thank goodness I did have supportive people who listened to me and loved me, right? But that didn't help me to, to understand what feelings are and to not be scared of them. I said, so you all as educators really will need to learn how to regulate your own emotions and be the mm -hmm. anchors so that you can co-regulate with a kiddo. And that's going to look different for each person. Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a kiddo I was doing SSP with and they really became agitated in that session. And so I stopped it and I did what I call uh, push. I just call it push. I, I, I don't even know if it's called anything, but we put our hands up together and it's also mm -hmm. bilateral because I'm going back mm -hmm. and forth, like pushing like a bicycle and we just say push, push. And she pushed as hard as she could. And then after about like two minutes, agitation was gone. Yes. And I was and, just co-regulating with her. And think how much better all of our children would be if this was instilled in all of their learning is to learn how to regulate their emotions, participate in the co coping skills, you know, and I think that sometimes people get hung up on, it's got to be some, you know, big therapy thing. You can teach coping skills by playing Uno, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> allowing them to lose, allowing them to win and be a good sport. Or, you know, all these different things that can happen. And not only that, but you've connected to a kid and you've taken this time that's let them know, hey, you know what, you mattered enough for me to, to participate in the game with you today. Oh, yeah. So. And I think if we're going to get there, it has to be the adults figuring out, I've got to stop avoiding. I've got to lean into and learn about my feelings. And I got to feel my stuff to heal my stuff. Right, exactly. And our father will say, for us to be the best we can, we have to get to that point. We have to be able to feel these feelings and heal them. And, you know, even the days that we don't want to, mm -hmm. to acknowledge that it's still there <laughs> and that we have to. <laughs> I know. I, uh, you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, and... I feel like you can laugh and you can really understand because there's been times since we've been working together that I've been like a toddler stamping my foot that I didn't want to feel something. And you're like, you've got to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You said that because I was getting ready to say before you started at New Beginnings and before we um, had the addition and all this stuff, my office was like literally across the hall from Becky. Okay. And so literally I would just lean back in my chair and nobody can see me because they don't see the same, but this is what I do, Marcy. I lean back and I go, Becky, help me. Oh my God. Uh, and she would cackle. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, 
there's some intensity coming from your side of the room. <laughs> Be like, I don't want to feel this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God, those were the good old days. But it, it is. Um, and now even more so, let's just uh, bring about like COVID. My God, COVID is total disconnection from yes. other people, from co-regulation, from our own selves. And I would love to see the data on um, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, or whatever it's called for their streaming. You know, I would love to see pre-pandemic what <laughs> that looked like versus beginning of pandemic, mid-pandemic, and then where we are now. Because I know I have um, disconnected mm-hmm. and I know that my Netflix has gone up significantly mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh crap, Jennifer, stop, stop, stop. You know, hey, turn that off, go outside, ground yourself, woosah, play your drum, breathe, be present centered and let whatever's coming up, come up and bubble and get rid of it. I would also bet that our phone usage and um, scrolling on our phones have increased quite a bit. And I mean, I'm guilty of that, especially you spoke of TikTok earlier. Yeah. TikTok's a hole you can go down and three hours later, you're like, oh, what did I do with my life? (laughs) I was covering my face as you were saying that because I was like, oh, that's me. And um, it's like, at the beginning, I didn't have an awareness that I was doing that because I was so checked out at the beginning of COVID because it was too much. It was too overwhelming. And I did not want to feel any of that. I just didn't. It was too much. And, you know, three, six months in, I realized what was happening, right? I'm like, okay, that's not the healthiest. And I I have the tools, I can manage, I can do something different. And so I have slowly clawed, that's the literal word, my way out of that place to where I am definitely now more present centered and um, more into my feelings and understanding them and locating them on my nervous system profile map mm-hmm. so I can be like, okay, yes, I am feeling safe and connected in this moment. Or, whoo, I've got some major anxiety going on. Don't know what it's about, but I'm just going to acknowledge it, feel it. And then I'm going to use my tools to move it out of my body so I can move back towards safety and connection. You know, that's exactly. that yummy um, ventral vagal space. Yes. Well, and I think you're right about COVID. COVID allowed not, you know, COVID allowed everyone to learn how to avoid their feelings even more. Yes. That was the big thing. And it was, it's been hard. You know, it's been hard to get back to, okay, this was not helping um, or, you know, this is not. <clears throat> this is not getting me anywhere. Yeah. Um, so it's COVID has brought its whole new big list of not fun. Ain't that the truth? 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Marcy, I have just thoroughly been enjoying this time and we are coming up to a close. Yes, I know everybody's like, no, don't stop talking. Or some people <laughs> might be like, yes, it's over. But is there anything you think that we missed out on in talking about feelings in the final um, moments of our time together? I just think, you know, it's good work and it's important work to invest time in yourself to be able to get the education, the knowledge on what feelings are and being able to identify them with yourself. Mm -hmm. Because once you can identify them, then that's when you can then start working to not stay in them. But we identify them, we feel them, we heal them. And I think to get on that process and not avoid is really giving us the best opportunity to be our best selves. You know, I can't be my best if I'm still avoiding feeling the sadness because that's part of me. It's go back to the inside out. That's part of my core memories. And my ball needs to be colored with happiness, anger, sadness altogether, not just one dimensional. Hmm. Yeah, because we are complex, beautiful creatures, aren't we? We are. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's a beautiful sentiment for us to end on today. And so everybody out there that's listening, you got to feel it to heal it. And uh, if you don't know what feelings are, I think Google's a great place or Inside Out. That's a great movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Marcy, I just want to take the time to say thank you so much for being my co-host today and talking about feelings. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I can't wait for us to come back for the second podcast where we get to talk about real world application of how do we feel and then how do we move it through? Yeah, I can't wait to do it. <laughs> Me neither. So until next time, everybody, uh, it's Marcy and Jennifer and we're saying have a great day. Well, we made it to the end of our episode. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to thank VOCA for funding our podcast. VOCA stands for Victims of Crime Act. This project was supported by grant number VOCA 2020 Green River 00026, awarded through the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet by the United States Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this publication, program, exhibition are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet or the U.S. Department of Justice. We also want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Seth Hedges of Uriah Wild Media. He is the amazing individual who created the beautiful music for our podcast, we thank you so much, Seth. I'm going to encourage you to go check out his stuff. He's pretty talented and awesome. You can find him at www.uriahwild.com. That's www.uriahwild.com. And finally, we want to give a really special shout out to Rodney Newton for being our amazing technical advisor. 
He has spent several Saturdays and days throughout the week to help us get this podcast up and going. Rodney, you are our captain. And finally, we hope that you'll take something you heard today and change the world tomorrow. Join us next time on Start By Listening. And as always, please remember that New Beginnings is here for you to listen or help 24 hours a day. Just give us a call, 1-800-226-7273.